My brothers and sisters, I am in complete harmony with every word that Elder Romney has just said to us. And with that which was said in the meeting this morning by our prophet leader and by those who followed him in speaking the truth of the everlasting gospel. I desire now, if I may, for a few minutes to speak of a matter that is of common concern to each and every one of us. Mine is a simple subject, but it's one that bears our watching. One of the greatest accomplishments of a person in this life is to develop and practice self-control. Self-control or mastery of one's temper is indicative of this self-mastery. When Solomon declared, he that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city, he knew that individual spiritual development cannot be realized except it be through self-discipline. Someone has said, the size of a man may be measured by the size of the things that make him angry. How true that is. To become upset or infuriated over trivial matters gives evidence of childlessness and immaturity in a person. We are constantly exposed to irritations as we mingle with others and when we are alone. How we react to these irritations is a reflection of our personalities and our temperaments. It would seem reasonable to believe that in order to develop a healthy, pleasing personality and to become useful and an influence for good, one must avoid being easily provoked to anger. Not only would we show thereby more maturity, but we would also be able to resolve the different the situations <clears throat> more intelligently because seldom, if ever, is a person, is anything accomplished while a person is in a rage. Anger does not contribute to good. It is a destroyer, not a builder. Not only does intemperate anger affect us physically and mentally in a negative way, but at the same time it destroys wisdom and sound judgment. When we become upset, reason is suppressed and anger rushes in. To make decisions while infuriated is as, is as unwise and foolish as it is for a captain to put out to sea in a raging storm. Only injury and wreckage result from wrathful moments, because when anger rules, tempered judgment flees. And the person who is composed has a distinct advantage over one who is angered. 
Somewhere I read this statement. When one is in the right, he need not lose his temper. And when he is wrong, he cannot afford to do so. President Spencer W. Kimball, in his excellent book, The Miracle of Forgiveness, tells us, in effect, that anger is a sin of thought, which, if not controlled, may be the forerunner of vicious and violent acts. Brothers and sisters, anger against things is a senseless weakness. It is senseless indeed. Because a wrench slips and we bruise our hand, there's no reason for throwing the wrench halfway across a wheat field. <laughs> Having a flat tire in a, in a busy inter downtown intersection will not be remedied by a tirade of words. Anger against things is bad enough. But when directed against people and it flares up, with white-hot fury and caustic words, we have the makings of a tragedy. For example, let some selfish driver cut in too close in front of another car as he passes, and then let the offended driver fail to reduce his speed and angrily tailgate, or do something else to get even, and a tragedy again, is in the making. Even in our own families, situations may arise which cause irritations, but it is then that parents must be calm and exemplary. The man or the woman with an uncontrolled temper is like an undisciplined child. He expresses his emotions explosively and, or by sulking, and disregards the feelings of those about him. In the home, anger should be controlled and love should abound. When in his most impressionable years a child experiences ugly situations which result from uncontrolled tempers, when he hears unkind words exchanged between his father and his mother, and when he sees contention crowd out an atmosphere of kindness and mutual respect. When these conditions make a child's environment, what chance has he to become refined and noble? The minds of children are as like sensitive plates of the photographer. They record every incident, good and bad. Our children may forget what is said, but they never forget that which they are made to feel. Someone has said parents may tell, but never teach unless they practice what they preach. The words of President Brigham Young ring out to us in regard to this. Said he, I appeal to husbands and fathers on behalf of their wives and their children to cease your anger and sullenness of temper. Do not get so angry that you cannot pray. And I think, 
I have read somewhere where he also said, if you don't feel like praying together, get on your knees and pray until you do feel like it. I believe that's good counsel. A few years ago, President David O. McKay made this appeal to fathers and mothers. Never, let an, never set an improper example before your children. Never let them hear a cross word. You should control yourself. He is a weak man who flies into a passion, whatever he may be doing. Well, a little explained, a little endured, a little passed over, and a quarrel is cured. We know that frustrations often offer us the means of progression, for by overcoming them harmoniously, we become more Christ-like. Of course, as with all strong emotions, anger is manifest both in righteousness and in unrighteousness. Righteous anger is an attribute of deity whose anger is everlastingly kindled against evil and wickedness. Likewise, an inspired man might be led to speak or act in righteous anger, as did Moses, when he broke the tablets upon which the Ten Commandments were written by the Lord. But to lose our temper, to explode, to become ugly, punitive, and hateful when faced with frustrations is inexcusable. Why is it inexcusable to explode with anger and become vindictive? Simply because the power has been given us by our Creator to control and to overcome such tendencies. And if not curbed, these tendencies soon lose for us the respect and the love of others. Jesus set up an example in personal conduct regarding anger. When, although he had been falsely accused and made the subject of railings and mockery, he stood majestically and completely composed before the perplexed Pontius Pilate. He did not retaliate in anger. Rather, he stood erect, poised, unmoved. His conduct was divine. What an example for all of us. Listen to these marvelous words of the Savior, the Master Teacher. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemy. Bless them that curse you. Do good unto them that hate you. And pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. I agree, brothers and sisters, that this is not naturally easy for us to do, but we must, each of us, conscientiously work at it if we're to achieve our purposes in life. Angry words 
Oh, let them never from the tongue unbridled slip. May the heart's best impulse ever check them ere they soil the lips. If we will do this, we will be more greatly blessed as individuals, and our homes will reflect the sweet spirit of love and harmony and peace. To this I testify and pray for the help of the Lord in our doing and bringing this about. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.